Happy Friday evening, everybody. This is the Tomorrow Christian Today. Reading the Genesis 40 in the NLT. Today was a hard day for me. It really was. I took a day off because I needed to clean up my place and uh, just vacuum it up and scrub out the refrigerator and clean off my work table. But I had to do something in the morning that I had been praying I didn't have to do. Um, I guess I got started keeping fish again because of a beta fish that my son gave me and we named him Gerald and Gerald was like a blue beta and he was very cute you know he's just a fish but you know he was always happy to see me and always you know when I come close he he would he knew he was going to get fed and you know you, you develop a little emotional bond with the guy even though it's a fish even though it's a wet pet you know and he's very cute and he got sick um, when he went really white and he, he recovered from that because I learned about the nitrogen cycle and about betas can't be at room temperature. They have to be at 78 degrees because um, I live in Ontario and it was kind of cold. And he recovered from that. And then he got a fin rot. And then I discovered something. I bought something called Melifix. And his fins had rotted off, but and he was very sick for a week, and I thought he was going to die, but he recovered and he was totally fine. But then like 18, 19 days ago, he stopped eating again. Um, and I noticed that his head was not looking right. His mouth seemed to be jutting out or his lips were swollen. And I think he got something called Popeye. So I, about after a week, I went and you know got some antibiotics and I thought he was going to recover. And he didn't eat for 19 days. And I was just praying. I mean, I'm a 58-year-old man, you know, praying over a fish. I mean, is that pathetic or what? You know, but it's like, this is a life form. Like, no human being can give life. You know, I have a guppy that just gave birth to six more guppies. And I'm thinking, I can't even hardly see them in the other tank. And yet, no man can do this. No man can give birth or life to um, an animal. Only God gives life. And it seemed to me that I had to euthanize Gerald. So today I went to the store and I couldn't find something called clove oil. But then I found it in Shoppers Drug Mart and I bought this clove oil. So one thing that I never use is like they have aromatic essential oils that you can put in the diffuser. So you can buy all these different kind of oils. They're all in Shoppers Drug Mart. And I did find clove oil. So I went to the internet and said, the way to euthanize a fish, euthanize a fish, is to, you know, put him in the water, you know, put him in a container that has the water from his tank and he's comfortable, he can swim around. And then you put four drops of clove oil into it. And I prayed. I didn't want to do it. I said, Lord, please let the fish die. I don't want to do this. And today I got up and he just, he, he wasn't eating. He didn't eat for like 19 days, except for like maybe six pellets, you know, and he just nothing. I dropped the food there. I thought maybe he's going to get better like the other times, nothing. And I just thought he's suffering. The fish is suffering. He swims along and he convulses. His eyes seem to go back to normal, but his mouth never looked normal. Like we were losing, you know, his mouth looked like it was jutting out in a very strange way. So either he couldn't eat anymore or he didn't feel like eating. And then I realized last night I have to buy this clove oil today and I have to do this. And I really didn't want to do it. 
And it's not even a cat or a dog where people have to, you know, put their dog down or something. I saw a video where a woman was doing that. She was just bawling her eyes out. And this is just a fish. Who cares about a fish, right? But um, I just absolutely put him in there. And I just prayed. I said, Lord, you know, it's just a fish. I know I'm stupid. I know I'm a silly person. And I put the four drops of clove oil into the water and he was swimming around and then he fell to the bottom and I was actually reaching out to my daughter on Google Chats and I was telling her I I, I had to tell her you know I didn't tell my son and she said I'm sorry dad you know it's I, I see you feel bad and I, feel, I do feel bad maybe I should have cleaned the tank or I didn't do something right some parasite got into his head or something like that and then all of a sudden he popped back up and he started swimming around again I couldn't believe it it was like he's going to sleep because clove oil is the most humane way to euthanize a fish. Like there's a bunch of other ways you can use Alka-Seltzer and you can use, you know, blunt force or whatever. But clove oil is the most painless way to euthanize the fish and he won't, it won't burn his gills. And I did it the most way. I got the clove oil, right? And, and then he popped back up again. And the instructions on the internet where you can, says, you know, you can put five to seven more drops in there, which I did. And then he slowly fell to the bottom and he never moved again. And it was a hard day to watch that. I mean, me and this fish have been through a lot. And, you know, it's really motivated me to sort of pick up aquariums. But now I'm only going to have two because it's too, it's a little bit too much work and too much expense. I don't have the money. But... You know, having aquariums, it makes you appreciate God as the creator with all these principles about nitrogen cycle and plants and fish and nitrates and how they swim and how they move and how they give birth and how they interact and what they eat and shrimp and all kinds of stuff. It was a hard day. Good thing I didn't have the intelligence to be a doctor because... I don't have the IQ to be a doctor, but I don't think I could handle telling people that they're sick or there's nothing more I can do for them. I don't think I could handle it. Maybe God knew what he was doing by not allowing me to do that. Let me pray. Dear Lord, today was a day of cleaning and today was a day of death, but you're the God of life and you're the God who takes the dust and all the filth out of our hearts and sanctifies us because you love us and you're connecting with us. And we want to connect back with you. We, we thank you for your word. Your word is a joy to us. We want the peace that passes understanding. And I know, Lord, that you are a loving God. But when you come through the clouds in Revelation 1-7, I know that your wrath against sin will break out, like the Bible says in Revelation 19. And I, I, I want to live. I want to be well. I want to be emotionally healthy. I don't want to see death. I don't want to be a witness to death what I saw today even in a little fish you are the God of life your word is life the Holy Spirit is life the Bible is life and our world seems to be rejecting your principles and rejecting salvation and I never want to do that I'm not the smartest but I know what is right and you are and I thank you for this opportunity to read your word and I pray that your word go out to somebody who really wants righteousness blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled that would be me blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the, the earth your son was very meek he's meek and humble and we would find rest for our souls and the bible says also that moses was very humble
Help us to be your servants as well as your children. I pray in the name of Christ. Please send your spirit now. Amen. It says in Genesis 40 that Joseph interprets two dreams. Verse 1. Sometime later, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer and chief baker offered their royal master, offended their royal master. So Pharaoh became angry with these two officials and he put them into the prison where Joseph was in the palace of the captain of the guard. This is strange because one guy's one guy's the baker, he makes the bread, and one guy's the cupbearer, he brings the wine. You know how we have the Last Supper? It's the bread and bo- the bread and blood of Christ. You know what I mean? Like it's the bread and body of Christ, or you know, the wine and the bread represent Jesus' body and Jesus' blood. Do you know what I mean? So it's like the same. Here are two guys that have been sort of ostracized by the king. They've offended the king in some way, and they find themselves thrown into a prison that's inhabited by Joseph, who's somebody who's been framed for something he didn't do. This is really odd. They remained in prison for quite some time and the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph who looked after them. While they were in prison, Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker each had a dream one night and each dream had its own meaning. When Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed that they both looked upset. Why do you look so worried today? He asked them. So they both had dreams and I don't really believe in dreams or in astrology or anything like that. You know, I met, when I was young, I remember the teacher reading out about horoscopes. And, you know, my birthday fa- fa- falls within the Scorpio. But to me, it's like worshipping the stars and worshipping the, the heavens. And it just seems really kind of, you know, um, black magic woo-woo stuff. Of course, the guys who saw the star realized that the star was indicative of a great king to be born. So it does seem they were pursuing astrology. But, you know, and yet they, they knew who the true God was. They knew who the true Messiah was because they followed the star. So I really, you know, I really don't know. But it just seems like, you know, interpreting dreams and stuff like that. But anyways, um, he asked them, you know, what's, what's, what's going on with you guys? And they replied, we both had dreams last night, but no one can tell us what they mean. I, I'm not here to interpret dreams. Like I have a dream sometimes and I think, is God giving me a message? And do I have to tell somebody else? It's nobody else's business, really. Maybe God is telling me something. Maybe that's how your brain works at night. I really don't know. Um, You know, you have people who interpret dreams, who do seances and stuff like that. It seems to be more black magic than good. So I kind of stay away from stuff like that. Like the only person that interprets the future for me is God. And that's his son, Jesus. And that's the Holy and that's the Holy Spirit. Spirit is written in the Bible. That's my opinion. I don't tell you what to think. I ask you to think about what I tell you. Interpreting dreams is God's business, Joseph replied. Go ahead and tell me your dreams. So actually, it's God's business, right? I remember a preacher saying, you know, you're trying to go around God to get to God, or you're trying to find, um, um, interpret spiritual things without God's input. You're just on dangerous territory. People would tell me about this Ouija board and that sometimes this thing moves and it's like, it's, it's, it's actually something to be taken seriously by not taking it at all. Like it's something de- demonic. It's the power, somehow the powers of, of darkness work in Ouija boards. You know, spiritual demons access this thing. And when you're, when you're playing with these kinds of things, you're just playing with fire. Just don't have anything to do with it. It's like Eve talking to the devil in the tree. Just don't have a dialogue with the devil. Just walk away. You know, he'll say all kinds of things. He'll try to bamboozle you with your own intelligence. Just walk away from the devil. You know, stick to the scriptures. Stick to the Bible. It's God speaking to us and God protecting us with his word.
So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream first. In my dream, he said, I saw a grapevine in front of me. The vine had three branches that began to bud and blossom, and soon it produced clusters of ripe grapes. I was holding Pharaoh's wine cup in my hand, so I took a cluster of grapes and squeezed the juice into the cup. Then I placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. This is what the dream means, Joseph said. So he just tells the guy automatically. Like, it, he sounds like he's taking a, a bunch of courses. But obviously God has given him a gift because God is telling him what the dream means and he's giving them the correct interpretation. You know, it could mean a whole lot of different things to different people. And I think that there are people on YouTube who come on YouTube and say, God has given me a dream and I have to tell you about it. And you have to listen to me. You don't really have to listen to somebody else's dream. Like that's all past. We listen to Jesus now. You don't listen to somebody else who's trying to use some, you know, tactic on your mind and trying to brainwash you or bamboozle you. This is what the dream means, Joseph said. The three branches represent three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift you up and restore you to your position as his cup chief, chief cupbearer. Isn't it amazing how Jesus was restored after three days in the grave? Like three days, like Jesus is the Messiah and his life was restored after three days. And he's the one whose blood shed, was shed for us to cleanse us. And please remember me and do me a favor when things go well for you. Mention me to Pharaoh so he might let me out of this place. For I was kidnapped from my homeland, the land of the Hebrews, and now I'm here in prison, but I did nothing to deserve it. So he says what happened to him. And he says that he's been framed um, and put in prison illegally and unfairly. So he says this. And I guess this guy, this cupbearer, is supposed to be like his mediator, right? Moses was the mediator between him and God, and Jesus is our mediator between us and God, our Father. So he's asking this guy to mediate in front of Pharaoh for him. So he's asking him to do this. And I think the story is the guy totally forgot about him, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Verse 16, when the chief baker saw that Joseph had given the first dream such a positive interpretation, he said to Joseph, I've had a dream too. In my dream, there were three baskets of white pastries stacked on my head. The top basket contained all kinds of pastries for Pharaoh, but the birds came and ate them from the basket on my head. Like, I think birds, like I know in Revelation 18, a bird has an evil connotation. I mean, did anybody ever see the movie from Alfred Hitchcock, Birds? Like I saw this when I was young. Maybe I shouldn't be advocating for a movie by a, by a horror director. But it was kind of psychological and it was very scary and all these birds were flying all over the place like just really scary stuff this is what the dream means joseph told him the three baskets also represent three days three days from now pharaoh will lift you up and impale your body on a pole oh my goodness then birds will come and peck away at your flesh well jesus was you know uh sort of put on a pole he was put on a cross luckily the birds did not touch him but it's almost like another aspect of what happened in three days because Jesus was sort of impaled with nails in his hands and in his feet on a cross. And I know there's a certain denomination, which is called a cult, um, not the one I came from, but there's a denomination and they always draw Jesus as being on a pole. You know, they, they don't draw him with the traditional cross that looks like a big plus sign. They draw him on a pole and his hands are over his head. I don't know why they do that, I'm not quite sure why they have a different interpretation and a different drawing, but it's always a pole. Anyways, I digress. Verse 20, Pharaoh's birthday came three days later, 
and he prepared a banquet for all his officials and staff. He summoned his chief cupbearer and chief baker to join the other officials. He then restored the cup, chief cupbearer to his former position so he could again hand Pharaoh his cup. But Pharaoh impaled the chief baker just as Joseph had predicted when he had interpreted his dream. Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, however, forgot all about Joseph, never giving him another thought. Can you imagine? Totally forgot. Hey, this guy, hey, Pharaoh, how much would it have taken 30 seconds to walk over to Pharaoh and say, hey, Pharaoh, there's a guy in prison. He told me exactly what would happen to him. Totally forgot. The other guy got killed. Scary, though. You know, Pharaoh picked one guy to live and one guy to die. Remember Pilate? Pilate was like a Pharaoh and he picked one guy to live and one guy to die. And Jesus was the one who was killed. Sort of like this guy who was the baker. But yet Pilate picked Barabbas, which was the son of the father, like the evil side. And he let him live. And it's weird sometimes when you're a Christian, you're on the receiving end of blows. You're on the receiving end of suffering. The world doesn't judge righteously and doesn't judge honestly. And sometimes it picks the Christian for ostracization and alienation. And those things have happened to me. And I'm sure that if you're a Christian, those things will happen to you. Things will happen to you that is unfair and unkind and not right. But we have been studying the Beatitudes in our church Bible study. And it says, blessed are those who are persecuted for mine's sake. That's what Jesus says. In fact, I should, in fact, of saying it by memory, I should actually look at that. So I guess I did a little bit of a twist from this chapter, but it does say in Matthew 5 verses 12, it does say, oh, 5 verses 11. Sorry, these are the eight Beatitudes. Isn't that amazing? Jesus rose on the eighth day and there are eight Beatitudes. Isn't that strange? Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. If you are a Christian and you are suffering, it doesn't feel good, it doesn't feel right, and it's not right. But somehow the world is allowed to hit you with blows. Somehow the world is allowed to make you suffer. And it can happen, you will become better or you'll become bitter. Because I know that's happened to me. Anyways, very interesting concepts in here. Thank you so much for listening. God bless your evening. Go with Jesus. He is your mediator, and he will never forget about you in front of his Father, who is the King. God, our Father, and the blessed Lord Jesus Christ, our Messiah, King, Creator, and our friend, he has promised to walk with us through life for the rest of the time we have here and throughout all eternity. Now that's a promise that I can get down with and I can give more than just a second thought to all my thoughts. God bless you all.